ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد So last week we did the hadith regarding how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not accept the actions unless they are tayyib, meaning that they are in accordance to the Qur'an and the sunnah, that they are done in accordance to uh, the intention and sincerity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so after that hadith now, the next hadith we have is... عن أبي محمد الحسن بن علي الحسن بن علي ابن أبي طالب صبت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وريحانته رضي الله عنهما قال حفظت من رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم دع ما يريبك إلى ما لا يريبك رواه الترمذي والنسائي وقال الترمذي حديث حسن صحيح So in this hadith of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiyallahu anhuma or Ali ibn Abi Talib radiyallahu anhu uh, he narrates or it is narrated from Abu Muhammad al-Hasan the son of Ali ibn Abi Talib an Abi Muhammad al-Hasan ibn Ali ibn Abi Talib he narrates that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam he learned from him Leave that which you doubt for that which you do not doubt. This hadith then, as Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, هذا الحديث عن الحسن ابن علي ابن أبي طالب رضي الله عنهما That this hadith it is narrated from Hassan, the son of Ali ibn Abi Talib رضي الله عنهما And Hassan and Hussein, they were the two sons of Fatima, the daughter of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that's what the word means in the hadith, that he was the sibt of the Prophet ﷺ. The sibt, the meaning of it is, the son of your daughter. The son of your daughter. Basically we say grandson. But in Arabic they have a different word for grandson, if it's from your son's son, or if it's your daughter's son. In Arabic they have two different words. So here this is the, basically as we say in English, the grandson of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who narrates this hadith. He says, حَفِذْتُ مِنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ I memorized from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam دَعْ مَا يَرِيبُكَ إِلَى مَا لَا يَرِيبُكَ Leave that which causes you to doubt for that which does not cause you to doubt. Leave the doubtful affairs for that which is not doubtful. Da' يعني أترك i.e. leave ما يريبك يعني ما تشك فيه من الريب وهو الشك Leave that which you have doubt about. You're unsure about it. There is some doubt regarding it. Leave that affair إلى ما لا يريبك to something which doesn't cause you doubt. Something which doesn't have doubt within it. إِلَى الشَّيَّ الَّذِي لَا شَكَّ فِيهِ فَإِذَا كَانَ عِنْدَكَ أَمْرَانِ أَحَدُهُمَا مَشْكُوكٌ فِيهِ وَالثَّانِ لَيْسَ فِيهِ شَكٌ تَأْخُذُ الَّذِي لَيْسَ فِيهِ شَكٌ So the shaykh says, الشَّيْخَ الْفَوْزَانِ حَفِظَهُ اللَّهِ 
if you have two affairs, there are two things you could do. One of them, there is some doubt about it. You're unsure whether that is correct, if it is halal, if it is legitimate. You're not sure, there's some doubt which surrounds it. Then on the other hand, you have another option to do something else, which is clear and there's no doubt about it. There is no uncertainty regarding it. So that affair, where there is no doubt, there is no uncertainty regarding it, that's the one that you should uh, do, that's the one that you should practice, that's the one that you should implement. And as for the one which is surrounded by some type of doubt, and you're unsure, you're uncertain, you don't know if it's halal or if it's haram. We already spoke about the hadith, where there are gray areas you're not sure about. Then where there is something that has doubt around it, leave that. Leave the doubtful affairs and go to those affairs that are clear and you understand them and there is no doubt surrounding them. And that's why we said in the previous narration, the Prophet ﷺ stated, فَمَنِ اتَّقَ الشُّبُهَاتِ اسْتَبْرَأَ لِدِينِهِ وَعِرْضِهِ That a person who protects himself from the doubtful affairs, a person who protects himself from these doubtful affairs, then he has uh, preserved or he has declared his innocence and preserved his religion and his honor. He has preserved his religion and his honor and he has fulfilled the responsibility upon himself by staying away from the doubtful affairs, staying away from those issues that you're not sure of, whether it's halal or haram, and not falling into them, but going and doing things that are clear and in accordance to the religion. So as not to fall into the doubtful affairs. And that's similar to what Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman, radiyallahu anhu used to say, كَانَ النَّاسُ يَسْأَلُونَ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ عَنِ الْخَيْرِ وَكُنْتُ أَسْأَلُهُ عَنِ الشَّرِّ مَخَافَةً أَنْ يُدْرِكَنِي أَوْ مَخَافَةً أَنْ أَقَعَ فِيهِ He said that the people used to ask the Prophet sallam about the good things. And I used to ask him about the evil things, fearing that I might fall into them. Fearing that I might fall into them, meaning that if you don't know what the evil affairs are, you don't know what the haram things are, if you don't know, then you might end up doing it. So you need to know and have knowledge of what these affairs are, what the worship is correctly and what is not permissible. Because if you don't know those things, you might end up doing something you think is halal, but actually it's haram. And you don't know. So here the hadith says, when you get something which is doubtful like that, and you're unsure about it, then leave the doubtful affairs and go to those that are proven. And investigate the doubtful affairs and ask, as Allah said, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask the people of knowledge if you do not know. So you return back to seeking knowledge of the affairs that you're unaware of. And not to go ahead and fall into things that may end up being haram. And that's why it's mentioned in another narration regarding one of the Salaf that they said to him, قَدْ أَحْسَنَ مَنِنْتَهَا إِلَى مَا سَمِعَ That somebody who restricts himself to what he has heard, restricts himself to what he knows and practices that, what he knows is correct and authentic from the Qur'an and the Sunnah, and he practices that, a person who restricts himself to that, then this is the one who has done good. 
He has done good if he restricts himself to that and practices that. As for an individual who goes beyond what he knows, beyond his knowledge, and he doesn't have anything proven, any knowledge regarding any particular issue, whatever it may be, and he still goes and ends up doing something that he doesn't really know about, he's unsure about, there's doubt surrounding it, then this individual is presenting himself or placing himself in a situation where he may end up doing something haram. That's why the scholars always talk about al-ilmu qabla al-qawli wal-amal. That knowledge comes before statements and actions. Knowledge comes before statements and actions. You must have knowledge of the type of obedience, the worship that you are doing, how it is to be done, when it is to be done. You can't just go and perform things and get involved in things that you're unsure about them and there are doubts surrounding them. person has to protect himself and his religion and his honor. That's what the hadith previously says, to protect yourself and your religion and your honor to this meaning, then you have to make sure you stay away from those areas that you're unsure of, those doubts that you may fall into, you preserve yourself from that. So the Prophet ﷺ said, ma yaribuka." Leave that which causes you to doubt. Ay utruk ma tashukku fihi. Shaykh Hawzan says, meaning leave that which you have doubt about. Ila ma la yaribuka. And instead, do something that does not cause you to doubt. Do something that does not cause you to doubt. Li ajli an tartaha. نَفْسُكَ وَتَبْعُدَ عَنِ الْغَيْبِ Because if you do that, you stay away from the doubtful affairs and you stick to what you know with the evidences. That way you'll be at ease with yourself. And you'll be comfortable with yourself knowing that you've done something which is halal and proper. But if you get involved with things that are doubtful, you will not be comfortable in of yourself. You will feel uneasy not knowing whether what you've done is actually correct or not. So you have to make sure that what you do is upon evidence and not that a person goes and involves himself in things that he doesn't know about. Because then the shaykh says, if you enter into those affairs, فَإِنَّكَ إِذَا أَخَذْتَ بِالْمَشْكُوكِ فِيهِ لَا تَزَالُ نَفْسُكَ فِي قَلَقٍ وَفِي حِيرَةٍ If you go and end up doing something that you're doubtful about, then always inside you're going to carry on feeling uncomfortable and uneasy. You're not going to be relaxed. You're always going to be thinking, was it right or wasn't it not? Was it right or was it wrong? Was it allowed? Was it halal or was it haram? You're always going to have that feeling left in you. So you avoid going into those affairs that you're unsure of and you avoid falling into that worry and concern that maybe you've done something haram and then after you do it, you hear so many people they do something and then afterwards they feel really concerned. So then they go and start asking everyone, was it allowed? Can you find out for me? Was it allowed? Why did you do it in the first place then? If you weren't sure about it and you were doubtful about it and you didn't have any proof for it, then why go and involve yourself in the first place and then afterwards become worried and concerned and ring around everywhere and trying to find out for ta'wa. Was it allowed? Wasn't it allowed? You should do that first before you go and do the action. Find out first and do the research first and the investigation first into establishing and finding out if it's allowed or not. Not the other way around that you hear so often. So often people ringing and calling, is it allowed, this happened and that happened and I did this and I did that. 
And really the person should stop and think, first I should find out if this is allowed or not, before actually going and doing it. That's what the scholars have mentioned, Al-ilmu qabla al-qawli wal-amal. Knowledge comes before statements and actions. Knowledge comes before statements and actions. That's why Allah said in the Quran, فَعَلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لِذَنْبِكِ Have knowledge that there is no one deserving of worship in truth except Allah and seek forgiveness for your sins. So having knowledge of the oneness of Allah, of the Tawheed, Allah mentioned that first. Knowledge of that affair. Then after that, the action was mentioned. That you then go and perform the action of seeking the forgiveness. Knowledge first, actions later. Not that you go and perform actions without knowledge and without knowing what to do. That causes corruption. It causes corruption as Ibn Sirin and other scholars they mentioned from the past, from the Salaf. A person goes out trying to worship Allah, not knowing how to do it and what to do or any evidence. And they end up falling into affairs which are impermissible and haram and never allowed. So the Shaykh says, وَإِذَا أَخَذْتَ بِغَيْرِ الْمَشْكُوكِ فِيهِ إِطْمَأَنَّتْ نَفْسُكَ If you do something which there is no doubt within it, then you will be relaxed. You'll be relaxed and you'll know that you've done something which is permissible and halal and that's what was allowed for you to do. فَإِذَا شَكَكْتَ فِي مَالٍ هَلْ هُوَ حَرَامٌ أَوْ حَلَالٌ وَهُنَاكَ مَالٌ آخَرُ تَيَقَّنْتَ أَنَّهُ حَلَالٌ خُذِ الْيَقِينَ وَاتْرُكِ الشَّكِ Shaykh gives an example. He says, If you know that there is some wealth, there is some wealth, some money you can earn, but you're not sure if this way of earning it is halal or not. You're not sure if this company or this job or this whatever it is, you're not sure whether that's actually halal or not. And then you have another option. There's a different option you have of making some money or wealth, which is clear. There's no haram about it. There's no doubt about it. In that situation, the shaykh says, leave the money, which there is some doubt about it. Is it halal to earn the money in this way or not? Leave that then and go to the one which is clear and halal. Why would you end up going into and falling into something which is haram, knowing that there is some wealth here which is permissible and halal for you to take? So don't go for the doubtful affairs, rather the shaykh says stick to those that are permissible and halal and allow yourself to be relaxed. كَذَلِكَ إِذَا اشْتَبَهَ عَلَيْكَ طَعَامٌ بِأَنَّهُ حَلَالٌ وَطَعَامٌ آخَرٌ لَيْسَ فِيهِ شَكٌ أَنَّهُ حَلَالٌ تَأْكُلُ مِنَ الْحَلَالِ الْبَيِّنِ وَتَتْرُكُ الْمَشْكُوكَ فِيهِ Another example the shaykh gives. He said if there is some food, you have some food and you have some more food here. One of the plates of food, you're not sure if it's actually halal or not. You have some doubt as to whether this food is halal, whether eating certain ingredients are halal or not. But the other food is clear halal, no doubt about it. So in that situation again, the shaykh says, the one that you are doubtful about, leave that and eat the one which you're clear about. Why fall into eating the other one and then afterwards having doubts and finding out that it was haram? So even with the example of food, if you're sure something is halal, then eat the halal and leave the affair which you're doubtful about. Similarly, the shaykh gives another example. وَإِذَا اشْتَبَهَتْ عَلَيْكَ مْرَأَةٌ هَلْ تَحْرُمْ عَلَيْكَ بِرَضَاعٍ أَوْ لَا تَحْرُمْ 
اتركها وتزوج المرأة التي ليس فيها شك هذه قاعدة عظيمة من قواعد الدين similarly if you are doubtful about for example when you want to get married you want to get married for example and you are doubtful about being able to marry a particular woman because there is a possibility you've heard some stories or you have some knowledge about the fact perhaps that this particular woman was uh, fed by the same nanny when you were younger and it's known that if you are fed the breastfeeding if it occurs from the same woman to two children then they can't get married so when you grow up you have some doubt were you and this particular woman both fed by the same woman when you were younger some nanny as you know that they used to have sometimes nannies who feed from their own milk to the children so you're unsure as to whether you and this woman were both fed by the same person by the same woman if you were it makes it haram for you to get married so now the sheikh says in that case when you have this doubt lingering then leave that don't get married and find some other partners to get married to where there is no doubt why get yourself involved in that situation and then afterwards find out actually there was some breastfeeding that occurred from the same person and therefore it's haram and you have to finish that so here the sheikh gives examples and there are many others people face them every day many other examples that the people will face every day and they come across every day where they're not sure about things is it allowed to do this or is it not allowed then this hadith indicates to you that when you have that kind of situation where you're not sure about something is it halal or is it haram then leave it and go and do something else which is clearly halal you're unsure about a certain food is it halal to eat or not leave it and go eat something else which you're sure is halal you're unsure about earning money in a certain way, but there's other ways. Okay, leave the uncertain way, the doubtful way, and go and earn the money in the halal ways that you're sure of. Go to the affairs that you're sure of, and you're, uh, uh, you have the evidences, and it's proven, stick to those. As for the affairs that you don't know about, you don't have evidence for it, you don't know how this worship works, if it is supposed to be done this way or that way, then that type you need to seek the knowledge about. Not to go and get involved in affairs that you don't know about and end up worshipping in a way that is bid'ah. Rather you seek the knowledge then and you find out and you investigate and you ask and you return to the scholars. That is what is required in a situation when you're unaware of something. After that then, we have another hadith. The hadith of Abu Hurairah. Radiyallahu ta'ala anhu qal. Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Man... أو من حسن إسلام المرء تركه ما لا يعنيه that from the goodness of the Islam of a person is that you leave that which doesn't concern you i.e. don't get involved in things that don't concern you the hadith says don't get involved in things that don't concern you من حسن إسلام المرء from the goodness, from the perfection, from the perfection of your Islam, أي من تمام دينه، فدل على أن الدين يكون تاما ويكون ناقصا بحسب تصرفات صاحبه. So your religion, your Islam, to perfect it, to make it good, one of the characteristics is to stay out of things which are not your business. That's what this hadith mentions. So this indicates that a person, his religion might be perfect and complete, or it might be deficient. It could be deficient 
weakness if you're getting involved in things that aren't your business, for example. So this hadith says, don't get involved in things that are not your business. وَالْمُسْلِمُ يَهْدَمُّ بِإِكْمَالِ دِينِهِ وَيَحْضَرُ مِمَّا يُنْقِصُهُ And a person has to strive to make sure he perfects his religion. So you have to take this advice and strive upon it. تَرْكُهُ مَا لَا يَعْنِيهِ To leave that which does not concern you. وَمِمَّا يُنْقِصُ دِينَ الْإِنسَانِ أَنَّهُ يَتَدَخَّلُ فِي مَا لَيْسَ مِنْ شُؤُونِهِ وَمَا لَيْسَ مِنْ اِخْتِصَاصِهِ Shaykh Fawzan says one of the things that will cause a deficiency in your religion is that you get yourself involved in things that is not your speciality, things that do not concern you, things that you do not have any knowledge of. You get yourself involved in affairs that are not your business and do not have associ- uh, appropriateness to yourself. وَلَمْ يُوكَلْ إِلَيْهِ And you get yourself involved in affairs that you've not been given the responsibility for. You've not been given the responsibility or the authority to go do something, but you end up going and getting yourself involved in those affairs. That isn't correct. لَا مِنْ نَاحِيَةِ شَرْعِ Islamically, that isn't good for you to do, to go and get involved in affairs that are not your business. وَلَا مِنْ نَاحِيَةِ الْخَلْقِ And even from our own perspective, humans and your behavior and your manners, we all understand that it's not something suitable for somebody to go get involved in something which isn't their business. So Islamically and from manners and morals and the way people are, we understand that this isn't something good for you to get involved in things that aren't your business. وَالَّذِي يَنْبَغِي عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ أَنْ يَعْتَنِيَ بِدِينِهِ وَلَا يَعْتَنِيَ بِمَا لَيْسَ لَهُ فِيهِ فَائِدَةِ So a person, he should strive to look after his religion and look after and give importance to things that benefit him. And not to go give importance to things that aren't his business, that aren't going to benefit him. أَوْ لَيْسَ مُكَلَّفًا بِالْبَحْثِ فِيهِ Or to go and get involved in things which you've not been given the authority to go get involved in. Or you've not been given the responsibility to go get involved in. So you don't get involved in those types of affairs. فَبِذَلِكَ يَسْتَرِيحُ وَيُرِيحُ النَّاسَ أَيْضًا And in that way, you'll be able to live comfortably. Where you're focusing on the things that benefit you, you're focusing on the things that are going to be appropriate to you to better yourself, and you're not busying yourself with things that are useless, futile, nothing to do with you, waste of time. You're not getting yourself involved in those things, but you're getting yourself involved in that which benefits you, and is suitable to you, and brings benefit to you. فَلَوْ أَنَّ النَّاسِ The Shaykh says now, if the people, سَلَكُوا هَذَا الْمَسْلَكَ الْعَظِيمِ If the people, they all stuck to this, i.e. they busy themselves with which benefits themselves, and not to get involved in the affairs that are not of use to them. لَا حَصَلَ الْوِئَامُ وَالْوِفَاقُ وَالْمَحَبَّةِ The Shaykh said you would see much more unity and love between the people. If the people weren't getting themselves involved in other people's affairs, rather you busy yourself with that which is useful to you. Not backbiting another person or talking about stories about another person. I heard this happened to him and I heard that happened to him. And spending all of the time talking about other people and getting involved in their affairs. This is not of benefit. And many people, they do that. That you sit together and all they do is talk about other people. Yeah, I heard this happened to him and I heard that happened to him. And I heard they got divorced and this was happening and that was happening and the wife was doing this and the husband was doing that. You sit there talking for two hours about this story, then what benefit have you got out of it? What benefit have you benefited sitting there for two hours talking about why such and such a couple got divorced? Or why such and such... He ended up in uh, prison, he did this and he did that, and this happened and that happened, and his family did this and his kids did that. Maybe two or three hours you sit there talking about these things, about other people and their stories. These stories of the people, what do they benefit you? Two or three hours of your time gone by in that sitting, 
And you come out of it not having mentioned any ayat, not having mentioned any ahadith. So here the hadith mentions from the completeness of your Islam is to busy yourself with what benefits you. I.e., as the hadith says, not to involve yourself with things that are of no concern to you, that are not suitable to you, that are not uh, of benefit to you. وَلَكِنْ يَأْتِي بَعْضُ الْفُضُولِيِّينَ فَيَتَدَخَّلُ فِي أَشَاءَ لَيْسَتْ مِنْ اِخْتِصَاسِهِ وَلَيْسَ مُكَلِّفًا بِالْوَحْدِ فِيهَا But the shaykh says, some people they come along and they are time wasters and they get involved in things that are of not benefit to them and they are not of use to them. وَمِنْ ذَلِكَ مَا يَدُورُ بَيْنَ شَبَابِ وَبَيْنَ كَثِيرٍ مِنَ النَّاسِ فِي الْمَجَالِسِ مِنْ تَنَاوُلِ أُمُورٍ تَحْدُثُ وَتَحْتَاجُ إِلَى نَظَرِ نَظَرٍ مِنْ قِبَلِ وَلَاتِ الْأُمُورِ وَالْعِلَمَاءِ وَأَهْلِ الشَّانِ ثُمَّ يَتَدَخَلُ فِيهَا مَنْ لَا يُحْسِنُهَا وَلَيْسَ مُكَلِّفًا بِالدُّخُولِ فِيهَا وَالدُّخُولُ فِيهَا يُفْضِي إِلَى حُدُوثِ بَلْبَلَةٍ وَسُوءِ فَهْمٍ أَوْ يُشِيعُ الْمَحْظُورَ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ وَكَانَ الْمَفْرُوضُ أَنَّهُ يُسْتَرُ The Shaykh says for example you get people sitting down and talking about the affairs of the rulers or what they should be doing and this is again common Common people come together and they spend hours and hours and hours talking about politics. This is happening in Pakistan and this is happening in India and the government should do this and the government should do that. Hours and hours they sit there talking about these things. And at the end of that hours and hours, what benefit have you got? How many ayat of the Quran did you mention? How many hadith did you mention? Sitting there all day watching the TV, watching the news from the Pakistani channels or the Indian channels or whatever it is. And then talking about the politics and this happened and the ruler did that and all day their conversation is about those things. What benefit do you get that night when you go to sleep from the hours you spend talking about those things? The shaykh says these are affairs for the rulers, they are affairs for the people of knowledge they get involved in and they solve. As for the commoners sitting there hours and hours talking about these politics and this and that, then all of that is from the waste of time for these people. And in fact it causes corruption, it causes problems. When people start to spread their own stories, they start to spread their own stories about the things, and the ruler is bad, and the government is this, and there's this going on, and that's going on, and they should have done this, and they should have done that, and all of this gossip spreads amongst the people. And this isn't suitable, and it isn't sufficient, or it isn't correct rather. And it causes corruption, it brings about this suspicion and evil thoughts in the minds of the people, when rather as the Salaf, they used to say, make dua for the ruler. If you have some issue that you see, make dua for the ruler, may Allah rectify that individual. Not to sit there for hours and hours and lobbying and going to the embassies and all types of things people do. This is from the waste of time. فَيَجِبُ عَلَى الْإِنسَانَ أَنْ يَخَافَ عَلَى دِينِهِ A person must therefore fear for his religion. فَلَا يَدْخُلُ فِي شَيْءٍ لَيْسَ مِنْ وَرَائِهِ مَصْلَحَةً So a person should not get involved in something where there is no benefit behind it. When there is no benefit in it, then don't get involved in it. Because that will end up being corruption in the end then. فَعَلَى الْمُسْلِمِ أَنْ يَتَذَكَّرَ هَذَا الْحَدِيثُ It is upon the Muslim to remember this hadith, the Shaykh says. That from the perfection of the Islam of a person is to not get involved in things which don't concern you. The Shaykh says, remember this hadith. وَأَنْ يَجْعَلَهُ مِنْ هَاجًا لَهُ فِي حَيَاتِهِ And a person should make this the methodology in his life. Whenever something comes up, stop for a moment and you think, is there any benefit in this or is there not? If there isn't, leave it and carry on. Make this the methodology in your life, the Shaykh says. Don't start getting involved left, right and center everywhere that doesn't involve you. Uh, uh, so something which isn't from your affairs, it is upon you to stay away from that. And if you say, but I want goodness, I want to try to get some solution in this. 
But if it's not your concern and it's not your authority or responsibility, and if you're really concerned, the shaykh says, then go to the people in authority. The people in authority who look after those affairs, go to them and tell them your concern. As for sitting around for hours and hours and hours talking about it amongst yourselves and nothing comes of it, that's useless. If you're really concerned about something, go to the people, relevant people in authority, to the relevant departments in whatever it is, and tell them about this particular issue, whatever it is. So you advise them in that way. Not to sit around talking and gossiping and spreading stories and tales. فَهَذَا حَدِيثٌ عَظِيمٌ So this is a great hadith. وَمَنْهَجٌ قَوِيمٌ And a very strong upright methodology for you to be upon. لَوْ صَارَ عَلَيْهِ كُلُّ مُسْلِمٍ لَحَصَلَ فِي ذَلِكَ الْخَيْرُ الْكَثِيرُ If every Muslim went upon this pathway of busying yourself with that which benefits you and staying out of that which is not concern of you, then this would bring about much goodness, the Shaykh says. وَنْحَلَّتِ الْمَشَاكِلَ Many of the problems would, be, would go away. وَتَآلَفِتِ الْقُلُوبِ And many of the hearts of the people would be united. Because people aren't getting involved in businesses of other people that doesn't concern them and spreading stories and gossip. If the people don't do that, then it would bring more unity and love between the people. And if everybody was to get involved in all types of affairs which don't concern them, then this brings about corruption, it brings about differing amongst the people. And then the chaos occurs between the people. This is something which occurs a lot amongst the people today. تَجِدُهُمْ حَتَّى فِي مَسَائِلِ الْعِلْمَ صَعَبَةً الَّتِي لَا يُحْسِنُ الدُّخُولَ فِيهَا إِلَّا كِبَارِ الْعُلْمَ وَلَأَئِمَّ تَجِدُ صِغَارَ طُلَّابُ الْمُتَعَالِمِينَ يَتَدَّخَلُونَ فِيهَا The Shaykh says even knowledge, even when it comes to knowledge, some people, they will sit around and they'll get themselves involved in certain types of knowledge which are way above their standard, above their level of knowledge. And they start talking about things and they start going into uh, certain aspects of the religion which are beyond their level. And so as a consequence, at the end of it, they all come out with a conclusion which is completely wrong. And they all come out with an understanding which is completely wrong. Because this particular level of knowledge may be above what their level is. This particular level of knowledge may be above their standard. This is what the Shaykh says, some of the people now, some of the students, some of the people who think they have knowledge, al-muta'alimeen, or the tulab, some of the students perhaps, they may sometimes get involved in issues that are above them. And as a consequence, they end up arriving at incorrect conclusions, arriving at incorrect understandings, and that ends up in corruption then. It causes problems because they've got involved in things that are only suitable for the scholars of that level to get involved in. They've got involved to try to solve issues of the religion that only scholars have the ability to do so. And that's why it's mentioned, even the likes of Imam Malik and others, when people used to come and give them questions, there's that famous narration, a person came from miles and miles away, hundreds of miles away, thousands of miles away to Imam Malik. And he asked him 40 questions. In one narration it says he asked him 40 questions. And it mentions that Imam Malik, over 30 of them, 34 in some narrations, 36 in some narrations, he said to them, I don't know. 36 out of the 40 questions, Imam Malik said to him, I don't know. 3 or 4 or 7 or 8, he answered. That's it. He said to him, go tell them. Imam Malik said, I don't know. I don't know the answers to these questions. So even a scholar to that level, you don't 
go beyond the level of knowledge you have. Especially in giving fatwa, in giving rulings, then a person has to be very careful in answering the questions. That imagine is Al-Imam Malik. So what therefore of students, what therefore of students who have been perhaps for a few years to study etc. A person has to be aware of the level each individual is at. It is not possible for a person to give fatwa all the time for every question. The Salaf used to say in fact, a person who answers every question they get given, a person who answers every question they get given, he must be stupid. He must be foolish. How can you answer every single thing? That requires a level of knowledge to standards way above what the people are upon. The Salaf they used to say, you have to be silly. How are you going to answer every single question that comes to you? You're not that level of knowledge. And that's why there are hadith and there are narrations in the various books of the sunnah that talk about being very careful when giving a fatwa to someone or being very careful when answering the question of someone. And there is no shame whatsoever. Rather, it is honorable that if somebody asks you and you don't know the answer to that question, you say to them, I don't know. Not that you try to think of something or to put something together as an answer just to uh, 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 preserve your honor, you think. You think it might be embarrassing if you say to them, I don't know. That is false. The scholars, we used to hear them being asked questions, they would say, I don't know. In the haram sat in front of hundreds of people. If you don't know, you say, I don't know. But not to get involved in affairs that do not concern you, even if it is issues of knowledge, if it is above your level, then you don't go sit there trying to understand that or get involved in that by yourself. Rather, you return to the Quran, the Sunnah, the scholars who will explain to you. So this is the hadith that the Shaykh says a person should concentrate on. And make sure that this is a methodology he treads upon in his life, whereby he involves himself in that which benefits him, studying, learning what is useful to his knowledge and religion. I'm not getting involved in affairs and idle speech and futile speech. This person, that person, talking about all types of things that are useless, wasting your time. So there are two very important hadith, and we have to implement them, inshallah ta'ala, in our methodology, in how we live our lives, in our manners. So we'll conclude upon that today, and we'll carry on next week at uh, a similar time, insha'Allah.